Get ready to overanalyze some popular culture with Chris Guyton and James Kelly. This is Licensing Legends. Hello and welcome to episode six after a one week hiatus halfway through the season of Licensing Legends with myself, Chris Guyton. And I'm James Kelly. And we are back to discuss Batman. No, 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 Batman. Yeah. It's because of Batman. Ah. This is probably the most excited I've been to do an episode. This is the most excited James is going to be to do an episode. Hell yeah. And this is the most excited that anyone is going to be to listen to an episode because who doesn't like Batman? No one except grumpy Alan Moore, but I love Alan Moore and we'll forgive him that. Alan Moore? Oh yeah, and Todd McFarlane too, right? Yeah. Well, let's not get into that. (laughs) Uh, Keep making the same character over and over. Anyway, before we get into (laughs) talking about... Uh, Batman and what he's doing in Injustice 2 and his moveset and all those things that we usually talk about on this podcast. Um, I'm going to preface this with two things. First, this episode is going to probably be slightly longer than normal because there's so much things to talk about when it comes to the Dark Knight, so be prepared for a little over the usual 55 minutes. Second, uh, usually we start out with talking about things that are not related to Injustice 2, but at the time of recording this episode, there was some really crazy news revealed about the game, and we need to address this right now. So they, there was an announcement of the characters that are going to be in Fighter Pack 3, two of which were not surprises. Uh, we knew about Adam. Adam was released uh, and revealed a couple, year, uh, a couple weeks ago with, uh, with his, his gameplay trailer. Um, Entrantress, uh, which is a character that everybody expected. But the real curveball is the new guest character or characters the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh no, not even that one. I like the set the other one too. If you can't tell I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan, so I'm stoked but at the same time, I'm also very confused, and I'll tell you why. I always associated the Ninja Turtles with Marvel, and James is looking at me because he knows exactly why, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you explain why I, I associate that. So those of you who don't know, Kevin Eastman and, and uh, Scott Laird? Uh, Peter Laird. Peter Laird, yeah. Peter Laird were, just came up with this kind of like fun Daredevil parody comic that they called, uh, and they parodied everything about about Frank Miller's Daredevil run of all these ninjas coming in, and the hand, the, and the hand were the foot, the foot, and suddenly he he had the like the very radioactive isotope that blinded Daredevil, then like spilled into a sewer and hit some turtles, and they became the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, and it goes beyond like the hand and the foot. I mean, like Daredevil's. Uh, mentor, mentor is stick. The Ninja Turtles mentor is splinter. Ha ha! You know, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of like cross uh, 
brand cross-breeding, cross-pollination of ideas there. Um, and so it's really confusing <laughs> for me to see the Ninja Turtles and, and then be like, wait, what? <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it's really awesome that it's another comic book character and not another uh, Mortal Kombat character because I admit when Raphael threw his sigh, my brain went, this is Melina, and now I'm mad because there's three Mortal Kombat characters in this game. Um, but regardless, that was crazy. I just wanted to explain that. I'm going to have so many more questions. I mean, even by the time this episode releases, uh, I'm still probably not going to have processed this. So uh, that's, that's just some crazy, crazy news. The other big crazy, insane news in the comic book world when we're recording this is this week it was dropped that Brian Michael Bendis, who has been working at Marvel Comics for 17 years, creator of Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales. He created Riri Williams. He, he did the all-new X-Men. Yeah, he revolutionized X-Men, revolutionized Avengers. He is leaving Marvel to go to DC. Which is, like, insane! It is insane. Like, it rocks the world! Yeah, it's just like, it's it's like... He he seemed like he was so happy there, and just like it's like whoa. I mean, oh, it's very strange, especially to me because I, you know, I when I was really engaged with Marvel Comics was when Brian Michael Bendis was was doing his thing super hard, and as I've grown older, I kind of navigated away and I went over to DC Comics, and now I feel like he's following me. You know, he's talking to you. Uh, so anyway, that we had a crazy we had a crazy freaking week. Um, but now we're going to get, let's go, let's go into the game. Let's go into talking about, uh, Batman, what he's doing in Injustice 2, what his deal is. Um, so as we've prefaced a little bit in the Superman episode, uh, obviously Superman is being a dick. He forms a regime to try to destroy, you know, humanity, whatever. And Batman obviously takes issue with this because every time Superman tries to get too powerful, uh, the only guy that has the balls to stop him or try to stop him is is the bat. It's because I'm Batman. So, you know, Batman forms his own insurgency, yada yada yada. Uh, it's basically another another leg of the original story of Injustice. Um, but now, you know, this time you have Brainiac, and so uh, Batman has to try to figure out a way to outsmart Brainiac. One of the main things is that uh, in dur during the storyline of Injustice Two, Superman gets imprisoned in a, in a red sun. Uh, pr prison to suppress his powers, and uh, one of the main, you know, moral things in the game is whether or not they're going to let him out um, to uh, to hell stop Brainiac. And obviously, Batman is a is a hard no on that. Um, he doesn't want to see Clark do literally anything. Um, and 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 you know, I, I just want to address something about Batman that I've noticed um, when it comes to dealing with Superman is that uh, Batman is so ready to never, ever, ever, ever negotiate with Superman as soon as he feels like he's stepping out of line. Like, yeah, he, he, does not, he does not negotiate with Superman, not even a little bit. I do not negotiate with terrorists. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, which is like, you know, it, it's, it's ballsy, you know? Obviously, Batman's got big balls, but uh, it, it, also, it also feels like, like, Clark, like, Bruce never will see Clark as human. Like, he sees him as alien. There's, like, no, there's, like, no, no ifs, ands, or buts, I feel like, in Bruce's mind about the fact that Superman is not one of us at all. 
And so once he gets to a point where he like feels like he's stepping out of line, like Batman's the first person to bust out the kryptonite. And like I think that that it, it's it's re- it's a really weird kind of like like I just I don't even know if you could call what they have a friendship at that point, right? Well, that's you you have to thank that to Frank Miller of Frank Miller and Dark Knight Returns, like. I, from the 1940s to the 1980s, Superman and Batman were best friends. And from The Dark Knight Returns onwards, Superman and Batman have never been, like, close friends. Like, at most, they're, like, kind of, like, begrudging allies. And just, like, they're just, they're just polar opposites. And actually, I think Frank Miller was a bit wise to, like, capitalize and recognize, like, hey, 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 wait a minute. One of these guys scares people and is like a pessimist. The other guy is like a blatant optimist right. and like tr- and is very friendly to everyone. They're very like, yin yang. Like it's like there's no way these people would like like each other. Just like this doesn't make sense. But is it? I mean, I feel like I, I growing up in during like Batman Superman Adventures times. You know what I mean? You know they they totally kind of lifted. That stuff from Dark Knight Returns too, because you could you could have th- there were episodes where like you saw like the dichotomy between like that exactly what you described, where Superman is the eternal optimist and Batman is like the the the, the pessimist. Yeah, and so I mean, like it's always just it's weird. You always got to be. It always depends on like writer to writer of how how antagonistic the relationship is, but I think it there's more mileage out of like this underlying antagonism. And, like, in Justice League, like, Batman and Superman do, like, get along well enough to be, like, have a kind of friendly repartee. But there is, like, some underlying, like, no, Brute, like, I don't trust you that much, Clark. You you are dangerous. Like, I think Amanda Waller has a bit of a point here. We are a bit, um, kind of, like, unchecked super beings that just, like, people should not take just at our word that we're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, you you always kind of see that, and I think that like that's why injustice works and is rooted. Like, the series is rooted in that conflict between Batman and Superman. That's the whole reason why everybody's fighting each other anyway. Um, so I, I do agree. Like, I do agree that that's like the most mileage you get out of a Batman Superman story is when they're opposing each other. I, that's right. probably why that movie was called Batman v Superman. Yeah. Well. Well, let's not get into too much of that beyond, I don't know, I mean, like, that's, like, what we're touching on is, like, basically, they could have made a bit more mileage just on the whole basis of, of course, they didn't do this for Superman, but, like, Superman was just, like, bright, shiny, and, like, I think of the best of humanity, and, like, and, hey, I don't like this pessimist who keeps on beating up and scaring criminals and, like, terrifying them. This isn't right. Yeah, but see, at the same time, and then Injustice 2, they kind of flipped that on its head, and now, like, Superman's, like, the, the one that's, like, sees humanity as, like, it is pessimistic about humanity, and he's now he's lording his power, and then Batman's like, wait a second, dude, there's got to be some sort of uh, order to this, like, sorry, you're going behind bars. Here's my kryptonite, uh, kryptonite friggin' glove. Yeah, well, yeah. well, that's all great. That's all great stuff. I mean, it's always just perfect for, for Batman to be, just be that kind of, like, that check on, on Superman. of like that. And it's, uh, I mean, Frank Miller kind of, like, figured out this one thing of just, like, that it was so, like, the first time it ever happened, it was just so astonishing and, like, wow, that Superman could be beat. And he could be beaten by 
just this ordinary dude, this ordinary dude, just like using his. I don't know if we could call Batman ordinary. Well, I mean, he's human. He he's human. He well, well, yeah, that it's like, like, and especially in when you read Dark Knight Returns, of that, uh, that like Superman is kind of like in his narration and in the way he's drawn and everything, he's this nature god. Like he is a god, god. Like make no mistake. And like, whereas like Batman is over the hill, he feels old throughout it. And yet this over the hill man is able to beat a god. That's just like, wow. That is like a cool, that image of, of, of Batman clutching onto Clark's neck is like jaw dropping the first time I ever read it. It was like, wow. Like it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, if there's anyone that's able to, to do that, I mean, it's definitely the bat. So, in that case, let's segue a little bit. Let's talk about Batman's special moves in the game. And honestly, I think that, like, this is, like, the most accurately represented character, like, period. He doesn't have, like, he's got, like, combo attacks that are, like, <laughs> there are things like the darkness and high tech and all this kind of shit. But like his special moves in the game, I mean, he just throws batarangs at you. Yeah. He's got his his he's got his 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 grapple, you know? He's he's like he's just basically quintessentially like the the animated series version of Batman. Like everything that you saw in the animated series, like how he fights, it's pretty much how he fights in the game. Well, I mean, we've said it a million times in this podcast already. Like that's what we love about Batman. That's that's what I grew up on, Batman. That's my right. intro to Batman. Other than yes, Adam West was also my intro to Batman. Yeah, I mean I well I, I mean me personally I think Kevin Conroy is my Batman, like we said we said a billion times on this podcast. And again, reinforcing the fact that he's actually in Injustice Who also voicing the game voicing the game uh, the character in the game, I feel like that is like that was that part was like kind of a stroke of genius on on the on on uh, Netherrealm side to to get that guy to come in and do this because now that's all I can, that's all I can see is that version of Bruce and uh, I think it's just I think it's just generally pretty faithful. Yep. Well, once you got Kevin Conroy, the rest is like okay, this is Batman. Now right, I think exactly. We're, we're safe. Like, it's always weird. Like, uh, when they get someone else to play Batman, it's always like then it's like. Ooh, what are they going for? Then it feels like a different take on Batman almost every time. Right, That's a strange right. thing. It's a weird thing because like the Arkham games are very much a different take on Batman, but because Kevin Conroy is there and because Paul Dini's there, it's like, ah, oh, but it doesn't feel that. It's like, oh yes, they look different, but that's Batman. No, that's actually a really good point too. Is like, yeah, as soon as you as soon as you change the voice, like it feels like an alternate reality. And every single version where Kevin Conroy does the voice, it feels like it's an extension of that Batman animated series universe that I that that I know and love. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Like that's 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 actually that's a, that's a completely stellar point. Like even in like Batman, the Arkham Origins game, for example, right? Yeah. That's Roger Craig Smith plays Batman, and uh, I don't know if uh, fun fact he also voices uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's the American version of Sonic the Hedgehog now, um, following Jaleel White, but. Uh, even in that game, that is based in the same universe and, and same uh, same Gotham, same version of it's supposed to be a representative of the same Batman of the same, of from the Arkham games, but younger. Like he's like the like you know when he starts out, but it does feel like it's a separate game. Yep. <laughs> like with a separate 
canon, and that's, I think that's why they didn't want to do another one with, uh, with Roger Craig Smith. Well, that and also Rocksteady didn't make that game. That's true. It was a WB Montreal or something like that? Yeah. I mean, have you played that? Nope. I, okay, so I played it. I beat it. It's actually really fun. It's a, it's a fun game. But I, can't get pa- I, can't, I really can't get past the fact that Roger Craig Smith is Batman's voice. Like, it's really bothering. It really bothers me. It, it just bothered me that it was like, it, the minute that I heard Rocksteady wasn't making the game, I was like, okay, doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It it's, like, not, okay. it's not canon. Yeah. It's not canon at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, even, like, yeah, that, 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 that's kind of being a bit mean, but it was just, I'm sorry. That was just the simple truth. I mean, but, yeah. I mean, even if he's doing his best Kevin Conroy impression, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't fly. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it works in other things. Like, when it's like, it's clearly like, it's going to be a different take on Batman, period. Like, when they did the Dark Knight animated movie, um, with, and they had Peter Weller, the voice of RoboCop as as Batman, that was like, I was okay Wait, is that. that the original RoboCop? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, the original, the real RoboCop. The real one. Yeah. I, you know what? I actually, I know this is a very controversial opinion, but I didn't mind that new RoboCop movie. I thought that was fun. Could not see it. PG-13 RoboCop does not make sense to me. Uh, fair enough. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry. Okay, well, this is a tangent, but go ahead, let, go ahead. Let, let me fly out say it. Like, okay, come on. People, RoboCop is famous for the scene of Ed 209 coming up and machine gunning like this guy down to ridiculous degrees and it goes from being horrific to kind of funny. How can you replicate something like that in a PG-13 environment? Uh, I, I'll tell you there's some really, really crazy special effects on the, on the body and, and weird shit in that, in that movie that I think it's I think you should just give it, a, give, it a, give it a watch. Go into it with an open mind. It's actually pretty fun. Anyway, Peter Weller is Batman. Yeah, they got Peter Weller as Batman. That that's a really cool. It, it, it's a good. It's an interesting take. But like, but because like what we're saying is like it's clearly an alternate universe. Like it's not as bothersome. Also, things like uh like a Justice League: The New Frontier. They had a different Batman, and it was just like that. That felt fine because it was like it was like it was supposed to take in like place in the very much in like the nineteen fifties, the sixties. It was like okay, so this isn't like a normal like timeless Batman. So this also feels okay. This doesn't bother me. Whereas it did bother me when I was wa- when I watched like uh, uh, these like uh, recent ones like uh, Batman versus Robin. Uh, no, not Brave and the Bold per se. But I want to bring that up because I think that uh, that one I kind of accept because I the art style makes me just like put puts me in a mode where I, I know already that this is an alternate Batman. Oh yeah. And so that that voice doesn't bother me. Yeah, same. Well, it's like it, like. It, what we're saying is like when it's like it's very clearly like stylized to not right. be like this is not going to be like your Bruce Tim Batman. This is going to be like a totally different thing. It's like okay, it's easier to accept than when it's like than when it's something that's supposed to be connected to like a Kevin Conroy type of Batman. Yeah. That's when it's like eh, this is weird. I don't like this. I don't like this. Well, let's look at let's look at let's look at Batman's commentaries. I feel like I feel like I feel like this episode is like it, it doesn't have to be really rooted in the game so much because it's just freaking Batman. It's because I'm Batman. But uh, let's look at Batman's combo attacks. Look, there's stuff like the Caped Crusader. Wow, isn't that like his original nickname or something? Yeah, that and uh, <laughs> the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, and then uh, Darkness is another one. Darkness? That's okay, this is kind of a... That's a little stretch, stretchy. That's stretch. I mean, that like, 
I mean, Batman Year One, like that's one of the great things he sets up is like this whole kind of like well, that's one of the weird things Batman Year One does is it it's the most realistic take ever on both Batman and probably one of the most realistic takes on superheroes. Mm-hmm. And like, the, so they show like Batman going through all these extensive lengths to to plan for this amazing theatrical event where he suddenly like shuts off the power for the for the mobs like mansion and also blows up like a, a wall and like suddenly it's Batman appears and he's covered in a silhouette of smoke and then he just says like citizens you have dined well on the soul of Gotham but from now on none of you are safe and just like that's like that is damn that is cool but like they also cold, like man. they also go out of their way to deconstruct that and say nope come on this is a normal dude this is a normal dude and he went a lot of preparation to get that Next move, intimidation. Well, okay, that part is Batman. I mean, yeah, he pretty much just like grabs people and like yells at them, right? Where were the other drugs going? Where are they? Where's your trigger? Yeah. Where is he? I mean, we. we... I'm Batman. <laughs> Christian Bale. Christian Bale, Batman. You rattled his cage. <laughs> Dude, that fucking movie. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, intimidation. That's uh, that's like his number one tactic. You do that shit all the time when you're Batman. Actually, like a, a, a you you'd think that like oh that's something that like uh, Frank Miller brought. No, 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 no. no Bill way. Finger brought that with the second Batman. Well, story he's he supposed wrote. to be a detective. Detectives do that shit all the time, man. Bad cop. Bad cop. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got a move called high tech, which is like okay, whatever. But this is the pinnacle of combo attack names in the game. It's just simply called Injustice. Injustice. Yeah. So it's kind of like when they do like the name of the show in the show or like the name of the movie in the movie. Like uh, yeah. what's, what's the uh, – like in Deep Blue Sea, have you ever seen that shit? With, uh, with LL Cool J and like – where it's like they're like it's like sharks. It's like from the '90s. Remember in the '90s when like every movie was about some extreme version of an animal killing people. So, so Deep Blue Sea is this movie where there's a bunch of scientists. They go and they like, do experiments on sharks and they become like really smart, crazy sharks. And LL Cool J's in it. It's a whole thing. But at the very end of the movie, one of the characters says something like, "Because that's what an 8,000 pound NATO thinks about. About freedom. About the Deep Blue Sea." And you're just like, no, it's like, so it's, it's like that. It's like that. This is yeah, Batman's. The, that, that family guy joke. Yeah. Of like, I love it when they say yeah. the name of just like, of just like, you die another day. So you wish to die another day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Goldfinger. Um, shit like that. Yeah. So they decided to give that to Batman, which I guess is appropriate. Yeah. I mean, well, Superman, uh, Batman and uh, Superman in the game, they're kind of like the basic characters of the Ken and Ryu of the game, you know? They're leads. So I, I, guess, I guess if anybody has to have a combo move called Injustice, it'd have to be Zibat. Well, he's, he's very famous for fighting Injustice and trying to avenge people and bring about justice. Yeah. He's also very famous for uh, being a massive dickhead. Uh and causing, I mean, oh, you know what? I was actually going to mention this too when we were talking about um, 
Batman versus Superman and like their contention or whatever. One of the main things too is, and we talked about this on the uh, the Wonder Woman episode too because it's related to her. Is their whole the whole thing in Justice League where like they have like a thing, um, and then there's always like the even in even in Injustice there's the relationship between Wonder Woman and Superman. Um, they don't really touch too much on Bruce's interest in Diana. And I'm going to repeat this, like I said, in the last, in the R- R- Wonder Woman episode. I feel like that was a missed opportunity for, like, some, a little bit, a little, little bit more story there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, in, in the live action movies, who knows? Who knows where they're going to go? Well, the live action movies are, Ben Affleck's not going to play Batman anymore or something, right? Uh, Didn't he say that? I think he kind of said that, yeah. To some degree. He's just sad that nobody likes him as Batman. Well, it's kind of like he kind of like, I don't know. I think he made a bit of a, okay, like this is getting Hollywood gossipy, but well, <laughs> all right. But well, well let, let me just flat out say it. It's like, about okay, Batman though, so we can talk. It's about Batman. It. So, okay. So like, the thing is like, I think he experienced kind of what most actors experience of, of that Michael Keaton was like, look, uh, like I, I did Batman twice. It's like, We'll offer you a huge amount of money to do the third Batman movie. He's like, okay, I'll do it. Then suddenly he's like, Tim Burton's out. Like, what? The guy who cast me and got me the role and like, what what direction are you going? Oh, we're going for a bit more camping. He's like, guys, like, no. No, I'm not going to do that. So wait, I'm so out. you think that that kind of so, that happened to Affleck too? Or I, I think for Affleck, Zack it, Snyder? it was maybe a bit Zack Snyder. I think it was also, honestly, a tiny bit of just that he kind of really only wanted to be Batman for maybe, like, a couple movies. Like... Yeah, but, like, I mean, like, I feel like... like... he also wanted to direct the movies. And yeah, then he, that's like, he true. kind of probably realized, that uh, no, I actually can't really direct these movies. And actually, oh, I'm, I'm in my 40s, man. Like, getting this fit... And like this kind of diet, this is not fun. <laughs> this Fair is not enough. fun. This I mean, that's fun. a realistic reason. So to, to like, it's just like it's away. like, like I want to do like my movies. I want to do the movies that like get me Oscars. I don't want to do like just these summer tentpole movies. I kind of did this for a while, and I'm I kind of grew past it. And I, I think he he probably is like he wanted to go give it one more go, and he's already kind of felt like I've given it all I want. Yeah. It's probably like it's kind of like on the lines of like, of like I totally want to do that movie until you're like, oh, oh yeah, wait a minute, this is what it's like. You know, the thing I think the thing about that though is like, see, I I don't think DC. This is why I think DC is is faltering when it comes to their cinematic universes. Is they're not really like thinking about like the long term, like casting Ben Affleck in the first place. Like I feel like was a misstep, and like trying to go with like the older Bruce Wayne, like, doesn't give you as much mileage. Unless they're going to do something where they, like, I don't know, go to Batman Beyond or something and try to do, like, a live-action Terry McGinnis or something like that, but, like... Or do a total Dark Knight Returns and, like, it's, like, it is an old Batman. Right, exactly. You know, but, like, I, I don't know if... I don't know if they are... There's, they seem short-sighted in their casting choices. That was kind of my reaction. It was, like, no, no, no. Like, and uh, to be fair, like, Ben Affleck... We keep on talking about this one movie. Like until we see <laughs> Justice League, we'll, we'll, we'll. But like to be honest, like it's just like he was fantastic as Batman. 
I agree. He, he was meant like to be Batman. Batman. As an actor, though, like I'm not an applicator he, at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I love, uh, I love like dogma. Jane, Silent Bob Strike Back. I mean, I like watching Daredevil to laugh at it. Also, <laughs> well, but he's great in Jersey Girl. Yeah, that movie was okay. Anyway, uh, let's not obsess over Ben Affleck a little bit more. I think the point is though that like. Overall, I just think that, like, you know, whether he continues or, or, or does it, um, I think that DC still has a kind of a, a, a long way to go when it comes to, like, developing a cohesive, like, cinematic universe. Um, I think maybe it's, like, whoever they got, like, doing their Arrowverse, uh, why aren't they working on the movies, too? Like, I don't understand. It's very confusing. Well, they're, they're, they're making corrections, the course corrections, like, Wonder Woman was a step in the right direction. We'll have to see with Justice League. We'll have to see. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be one of these kind of movies where where they brought on a whole new director to kind of fix the movie. Yeah. Or not fix the movie, but just to finish the movie. And then like he, he got in and was like, well, I'm going to make my movie. So they reshot a lot of it. So it's going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see the Zack Snyder version after watching the Joss Whedon version. Because you know that, that you know that'll be there'll be a there'll be something leaked or they'll release like a original director's cut or something like that. I don't know, man. In an age where they're they're right now reshooting to take out Kevin Spacey out of a movie, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I think that they will. They, if they they've got too far in production, and Zack Snyder's totally like associated. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a bad falling out. He had some shit happen to him in his life, and he couldn't couldn't finish it, and. So I think I think there's a very huge chance that like a year after like DVD release we'll see like a Zack Snyder cut. It would be interesting. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in that. Uh, anyways, uh, where was I gonna go with that? And let's talk about some special moves. Special moves. <laughs> Batman. We already touched on this shit, man. He throws batarangs. He's got a batarang he can throw at you, and then he has an upward batarang he can throw at you. For an anti-air, which is pretty badass. I don't think I've never seen I've ever seen a version of Batman where he doesn't have batarangs. Give me one. Well, I mean, other than like all the alternate versions that are like floating around the dark multiverse right now. A- Adam oh, West. Oh yeah. Did he? Ooh, fair enough. Oh wait, wait. I remember what I was going to say. By the time this episode releases, Justice League will have been out. So, listeners, send us your thoughts about Justice League and Ben Affleck's Batman in particular to licensinglegends at gmail.com. Please. Now, did Adam West have batarangs? That's a good question. I don't think he did. Uh, They had bang pow, but I don't remember batarangs. Damn, that's actually a good point. Uh, He definitely had grapples. He had grapples. He had tons of gadgets, but I don't think batarangs. Wow. I think that was a bit on the too violent for them, just like Two Face was too violent. Wow. So, Adam West, Batman. Okay, what about in uh, you saw Batman vs. Two Face? What about Batman vs. Two Face? No. No batarangs at all. I don't think so. No. Oh my goodness. Well, we found a version of Batman that doesn't have batarangs. <laughs> That's. That's, uh... Well, I mean, uh, Batman always, like, it, it varies on what, what they want to do and what they want to kind of 
go for because like that's always been the case batman's always been like evolving and they've figured things out as they go along right but that's like one of those things where like like there's not a version of 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 superman where he's like not from krypton like i don't know man the batarang i feel like is so staple yeah Uh, well yeah that's true you know well once they figure out something truly like they that like cannot be undone actually ooh, can i spoil something for you go ahead so, Superman Red Sun, throughout the entire time, they, they say Superman landed on, on the Ukraine, and, like, he's an alien. But they never say, like, where he's from, and, like, they never really go into it. Like, they never explore it, because they're just too concerned about, hey, there's this giant crazy alien that can crush tanks with his hands. Like, I think we should focus on that first. Yeah. But then, then like as it goes on, like they they never really touch on like where he's actually from. The very end, when Superman pretends to be dead, and Lex Luthor takes over the world, and like he establishes this world, suddenly like people live to, for thousands of years, and slowly Lex Luthor has many descendants, Jordan Luthor, and then Martha L. The house of Luthor just becomes the house of L, and eventually there is Jor L, who is smarter than Lex Luthor, and is the fifty-second generation of Luthor descended. And suddenly the the sun has gone a bit red and ripened on the solar system, and now the this wise space council that Lex Luthor has signed up has become complacent. The world's just so perfect, they're just ignoring the problems. And Jor-El looks at this and is like, oh, we got to save our son. So we'll use this time machine, and this time and probe. Send him back in time? send him back in time. Fuck out of here. To this wor- time period where he will be, where there will be yellow sun. And because of our advanced genetics, he will be much, much more powerful in this advanced in this past time. Oh my save, God. Are you telling me that Red Sun is Terminator? Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Wow. I can't believe I've never read that book, but I am mind blown and I'm glad that you just told me that because uh, that's freaking Terminator. Yep. That's a weird thing. Terminator is like, is a weird like predestination paradox kind of thing mm-hmm. where you can't change time in, in trying to change time. You, you cause what, what you were trying to prevent, which I love in time travel. And then you got, like, Terminator 2, where... Actually, no, you can't change the, the past. You can change the past. Terminator 2 is the best movie ever, but... Yes. Let's continue talking about Batman. So, his next move is just a cape counter. Counters you. Grab him. Flips your cape at you. Counters you. Batman's a freaking ninja, so... Yep. I mean, duh. Yeah. Um, then he's got these, like, scatter bombs... There's an air move. He jumps in the air and just like throws bombs at you. It's like a quick puff of uh, scatter bombs, which is pretty cool. I actually always forget to use that move when I'm playing because it's one of those things that's like, I don't know. I just like try to like focus on combos and rushing down people, and I always forget that he has like something that he can do in the air, which is pretty pretty rad. Um, then he's just got uh, the grapple, you know, that he throws at you straight up, grabs you, meter burn version. He'll just like grab you and throw you. Uh, Sweet. And then, uh, then a slide kick, kind of like Scorpion's slide kick in uh, Mortal Kombat, actually, um, which is 
Also another interesting thing because uh, I'm pretty sure in Mortal Kombat versus DC, the version of Batman that is in that game is very um, is like the, a, almost like a platelet swap of like Scorpion because they like treated both of the characters as like ninja characters, which is really weird. So there's like a lot of like a little some subtle similarities between Batman and Scorpion, the grapple being one of them, despite the fact that, you know, he pulls you toward, he, he goes towards you instead of pulling you towards him. But uh, the slide kick especially is a very, like, Scorpion-y kind of Ed Boon kind of move. Well, it always is fun and interesting when you kind of, like, what you want to emphasize for certain things about Batman. Like, uh, it was uh, the Nolan movies emphasized the ninja element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, really emphasize the idea that Batman was a ninja like Batman begins you barely see Batman mm -hmm. in costume and it's just like he's just attacking and you never see him attack you're always too late he just swoops in on you mm -hmm. and then like you get versus like uh, the Tim Burton movies like they emphasize like Batman kind of like inhabits and becomes kind of like a bat where he like even like sleeps upside down and stuff like that like I don't know Batman forever I don't know what they were trying to go for there Batman um, that movie is interesting because I really like Jim Carrey's Riddler. Yeah, I love it. Um, I don't know how I feel about Val Kilmer's Batman. Like I don't like. I remember liking that movie as a kid, and then watching it as an adult and being like kind of ambivalent because like I don't know if I looked like like Val Kilmer has such a punchable face. How? Like, I just hate. I just hate him being Bruce Wayne. It's just like. I hate. I think I hate him more than like. I hate him more than Clooney on some levels. Really? Uh, yeah. Really. His face is just so punchable, and he has like a lisp sometimes when he talks. Like, Maybe. I don't know. I think like the handsome face of Batman, like uh, Kilmer was a good choice for that. I think he was a great choice for like Bruce Wayne. Like, he just seemed so uncomfortable more than, like, some of the other ones. Yeah. Of, like, but you're not Batman. Like, you're you're kind of uncomfortable. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I was like you. Like, that was my favorite Batman movie when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. When I was five, people. Right. <laughs> Give context. Context. It, and so, I mean, I was a huge Jim Carrey fan to begin with. So right, just exactly. Like, so, so I'm still a huge Jim Carrey I, fan. I still am, yeah. He woke, by the way. He's woke. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Anyways, like he, uh, so he was, so like that movie was like, was fun when you're a kid. And, but like, yeah, he, like once you get past Keaton, it's like, it's weird until they get to Christian Bale. It's yeah. like, they, they really didn't, weren't comfortable being Batman. Right. And then like Clooney is just not comfortable with either being yeah, Bruce Wayne yeah. or Batman. So, yeah. I mean, one of the, like, what I mentioned, like, the, the main thing that really bothers me about Val Kilmer as Batman is he definitely has, like, a weird, almost kind of a lisp. So there's a line in Batman Forever, and I will never fucking forget this. This is burned into my goddamn head. Oh, okay. Is when he is approaching, uh, Kim, uh, not Kim Basinger, fucking Nicole Kidman, um, and he asks her to go to the circus, and he says, Tell me, doctor. Do you like the circus? Like, swear, like, I'm going to find the clip and I'm going to edit it in there, but it... Tell me, doctor, do you like the circus? Like, and I just, like, I just, like, took me so out of it, and I'm like, Batman does not have a lisp. Like, <laughs> Bruce Wayne does not have a fucking lisp. That bothers the shit out of me. 
and go away, and they should have fired him right on spot. Top Gun, you are not. <laughs> you know? I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Val Kilmer. Uh, I just really hated you as Batman. I, I didn't. As an adult, as a child, you, you rocked my world. But also, the beginning of that movie is fucking flawless. I love the I love the very the opening scene with the uh, with the Two Face and the and and the the little vat of acid. Oh no! It's boiling acid. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The like the the um, the safe. That like yeah. flies out of the yeah. oh man, that that was real cool. Yeah, that was cool. Last thing that Batman's got in the game that we didn't talk about, which is kind of weird. Well, it was weird to me when I played the first Injustice. The mechanical bats. Now, Batman's character power is that he's got like three mechanical bats that like fly down, and uh, you can like use them to like extend combos. Um, you could like shoot them out at someone like one at a time as they recharge. The mechanical bat thing always kind of like, I don't know, I've never really liked that. I, I just, I feel like that that's like just kind of, it's like more of like, I don't know, I associate those like mechanical fucking uh, little animal things or like, like I recognize that Bruce Wayne has like a lot of like technological, you know, ad advances and, and, and resources. But I always think that's more of a Spider-Man-y kind of thing to do. Like, I don't know. Like, I would associate it more with like things like Batman Beyond and also right. with with Iron Man. And that's actually the kind of like... Yeah, yeah. The, the Lego Batman kind of touched upon it along with um, those great um, Hi, I'm Marvel and I'm a DC. Wait, wait Lego Ma Batman the game or the movie? The movie. Okay. Where Which like, I hated that movie, by the way. We could talk about that after this. Really? Yeah, I hated it. I loved it. Oh, man. Terrible. Go, go. Okay, but uh, what is Siskel and Ebert right here? Hey, all right. Uh, but yeah, uh, I. So like the thing about uh, where was where was I going? Mechanical bat. Oh, mechanical bats. We live in an age where there are drones out there. So yeah, just yeah. like Batman's got even better drones, but just like it's weird. Like it's something that like kind of unintentionally has happened because Batman is so timeless. In that the time that he was created, like just having a a grappling gun was like pretty advanced. Yeah, true. And just like just owning a car that yeah. kind of looked a little bit different from the regular cars. And actually the Batmobile didn't look that different from their regular cars in the very first appearance. Yeah. The very first time like it's drawn, it's just like, like Bob, couldn't you draw it to be cool? It just looks like a car. It's like, well, yeah, just a car. Like You said you wanted a car. I was like, no, I said a Batmobile. Like, yeah, it's a Batmobile. No, 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 no. It, it shouldn't it be a bit more like, like look like a bat a little bit. I, like, I mean, I don't think I don't oh, think anybody okay, sure. really knew what they were doing in those days. <laughs> yeah, there, there was no precedent. You know what I mean? Like there absolutely, was, there well, was there was nothing like to lift from other than like those pulp comics, like the shadow, yeah, and stuff like that. You know. Well, I mean, okay, so so I mean, like we're origin time. Origin time. We're going to uh, like when when Batman like first came about it was just like the 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 editors of national comics were like just so freaking successful with superman they were like okay where's the next one where's the next one like bob kane heard how much siegel and schuster was making said i want in on that action and he came he remembered this da vinci quote of like people will fly on on 
leather wings or bat wings. And so he came up with this idea of a bat-themed superhero, showed the, his designs to and ideas to Bill Finger. Bill Finger looked at them and was like, hmm, I don't know, Bob, what, how about he kind of look actually like a bat instead of just have this domino mask and have bat wings? What if like his cape looked like bat wings and he wore black? And like his cowl, he had a cowl instead of a mask. And he came up with actually, Bill Finger, the writer, came up with the design of Batman. But to Bob Kane's credit, yes, he did come up with the name and the idea of a bat-themed superhero. He did not come up with the design, though. Or most of like the ideas that made us love Batman. Right. But like it's weird. Like the first Batman comic, like the big shocking reveal in that comic is... Bruce Wayne is Batman! You don't know who Batman is until the end of that story. And you don't know Batman's origin story for like almost a year into publication. They didn't give it. That's probably because they didn't have it yet. Yeah, that's you really why. <laughs> they hadn't even thought of that. They didn't gotten that far. I don't even know if like... Because the funny thing is too, it's like in those days, like you know, there was no way for them to know that that character was going to be popular enough to publish a year from now. I mean, that's always the case though. Yeah. I mean like... Again, it's part of the reason why, like, they sold the rights to Superman for two hundred bucks. Right. It was like two hundred bucks. That's sweet. so fucked. Well, yeah, because now Jeez. it's like it's a it's a million dollar national icon. It's like two hundred bucks. You know, it's amazing how many comic stories are built on people fucking other people over. That's the sad thing about the industry. Like Bill Finger died penniless and alone, yeah. and he created one of the most iconic characters. Of all time. Something that's like the most recognized. Like anywhere you go, people know Batman. Yeah. Anywhere. Well, I mean, it's it, it, well, the great documentary, which I cannot recommend Batman enough. And Batman and Bill. is just beautiful. It's so magnificently sad and beautiful. Just this wonderful man's life that we only now. I, I feel so ashamed that I didn't know right. this person's life and how important he was until... Now and that's like it's that's the sad thing is it took seventy five freaking years for him to be recognized as this genius that he is. Mm-hmm. It's just like he was a genius. He, this man was amazing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 oh. one of the th- that that documentary gave me so much feels watching that because like yeah. it is really sad and it's really fucked up that like like Bob Kane got got to die. He got to like live live through Batman becoming like a cultural icon and like got to take that with him to his grave. And then the first movie. The first movie that Bill Finger gets credit is Batman v Superman. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is awesome to look at my comic book collection now and see his name in the comic books. So much more comfortable. With yeah. That. Yes. But, Jesus. Yeah. Well, okay, I, I defend Bill, Bob Kane this much. Okay. It's like, it's like let, let me be clear. Like, this is controversial territory. But, like, you've got to recognize at least that, look... Bob Kane had a lawyer for a father who kind of understood, yeah. like, and how to negotiate. Most of the other people, like Siegel and Schuster, were not lawyers. They didn't understand the law. And they didn't think in advance to negotiate, things like that. Also, like, so it's like, it's wonderful that Bob Kane got any money. Like, because pretty much if he didn't have that lawyer father, and if he also didn't rat out Siegel and Schuster. But that's a whole other story. Wait, What? That's a very uncomfortable, was like... We have Siegel, time on this episode, man. Okay, Siegel, okay, so then Siegel and Schuster came to Bob Kane like, Bob, we're going to sue National for to get our rights back. You with us? 
he went to Nashville and said, they're going to sue you. Wait, did he really? Yes. He oh, did. wow. Bob Kane but is he, a terrible but, but he, but he used that also as part of his negotiation. I helped you out. Now you help me out. Give me a better deal. So, like, it's awful. It is 100% awful. But keep in mind, like, he is one of the only people with Stan Lee of just, like, he actually got money. Yeah. In, like, the, the time where they treated artists completely, utterly like dirt. He got some money. That's amazing. I, I mean... But, like, but that being said, it's like, you didn't share that money. Yeah, exactly. You didn't share that money with someone that you knew helped you out unbelievably that made you a millionaire. Well, it's, I mean, it's not even that they, that he helped him, right? Like, he was actively working with him. The only time Bill Finger ever got to see his name on the screen was that one episode of the Batman TV show that oh, he Oh, that did break my heart. That, that totally broke, broke my heart, heart, dude. And then the guy's like, oh, I invited him in over to my house because he didn't have a color TV. He didn't have a on. color TV. Like, oh and my like, God. And like, his one little request was, can I have top billing once? Yeah. I was like, like, oh my oh, God. Oh, sure, Bill. So heartbreaking, like, yeah. dude. Beautiful. Like, yeah. he was such a, he was such a, like, a, a, just a meek dude. And like, people yeah. just took advantage of that. And, and I, like, I think the underlying, like, moral is that, like, it's the, I, the irony of that, right, is that this character of Batman is the guy that's always, like, supposed to stand up for justice and, like, what's right. And it was creating, like, this character that, like, goes, flies completely against, like, those morals to, like, completely just fuck over the little guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, hey, let me also be clear, though, like, that's the thing in, in, in comic business in general, mm-hmm. is, like, you look at, like, the story of Jack Kirby, that's even right, worse, right. that is, like, that, it, although Jack Kirby's name was known, so that's something different, I guess, but still, just, like, Jack Kirby's story is so heartbreaking and just terrible, of just, like, man, Marvel, just treat him somewhat nice, give him some checks, people, for crying out loud, it's not that unreasonable, like you can take a little money and give him just some of your profits. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it too is like it has to do. I mean, if you closed mouths don't get fed too, and and there is a certain element of like Bill Finger's story where it's like he didn't really stand up for himself either. Yes, that is also the thing. Many artists like that is something I will criticize is like that for so many years. Like so, so many of these people like just like they they just took it. They were like, yep, mm-hmm. fine. Fine, I'm not gonna fight it because I want work. Yeah, I want work. If I fight it, I'm gonna get no work. I'm gonna be blacklisted as trouble, which yeah. is what did happen to Siegel and Schuster, by the way. Yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah. That Schuster Siegel like had to work under a pseudonym to get work. He was working as a clerk for Marvel at one point, and then he ended up working as a grocery store clerk, creator of Superman, grocery store clerk, Joe Schuster was partially blind, sleeping on a freaking cot with a boarded-up window. Wow. And so, guys, whenever you, whenever you get down on your life, just think about Bill Finger, Jerry Siegel, and Joe Schuster. They got fucked. Well! Well! Uh, <laughs> That was a wonderful tangent. Yeah, Let, absolutely. Let's get a little funner territory. Okay. So, so <laughs> why, why didn't you like Lego Batman? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did mention that we need to talk about, we definitely need to talk about Lego Batman on this. Um, look, I loved the first Lego movie. And the reason I loved the first Lego movie was because it was rooted in reality. You had the reveal 
that the Lego town, spoilers by the way, you had the reveal that the Lego town lit was spaced in like Will Ferrell's basement and he was like some fucking crazy Lego dude and his kid was the one messing around with the Legos. That was the whole story. And I thought that was a really cool twist and I wanted something to that effect with the level Lego Batman movie. I didn't get it. That's one. Number two, I felt like some of the characters, the way that they, they, they characterize like some of my favorite characters, Robin, the main one, was just very freaking annoying. Like I just didn't appreciate it. And I'm also a Robin fan. I like Robin as a character. I like Dick Grayson. I like Jason Todd. I like all of them. And I felt like the way that they personified Robin in that movie was fucking disrespectful, and I didn't like that. I, <laughs> I was very, very upset. Also, also, that's, so that's two. Three, <laughs> I also hated the musical number more than anything in my entire life. I felt like it was super obnoxious, and it didn't need to be there. That's I don't three. remember that. I don't remember that. It's very forgettable, but that's also something. When was it? Like oh, it God, like midway through or something like that. I can't remember like how it went, but I do remember that there's a musical number, and it was fucking bad. Was it was it Batman singing or something? It was like a whole, it was like everyone, all the, all the Lego X's, which is what I'm getting to with number four, which is there was a lot of other Lego characters in that movie, like the Lord of the Rings or whatever, and they were just super underused. If you're going to do that, just fucking use them, you know? Also, it kind of detracted from the fact that it was Lego Batman in the first place. Like, this is Lego Batman. Why is there Lego friggin' fucking Sauron in here, dude? Yeah. Like, what, what is going on? So, all in all, I felt like it was very disjointed. It was, I, okay, I do appreciate the one, one thing about the, the plot is that they really explored the fact that Batman is actually at heart like a very lonely dude. And I did appreciate that because um, it kind of like gave it a little bit more gravity. But all the other points that I just mentioned made that movie really fucking obnoxious to me and I'm really glad I saw it for free. Okay. So, I'm the Roger Ebert in this situation. <laughs> uh, I... Keep in mind, okay, like one, I didn't see the Lego movie actually. Oh. I missed that. I missed that one. Now and it's like, revealed. Look, I'm in my twenties. I don't have any kids. I don't go to kids' movies. I like I, I'm I'm kicking myself that I didn't see the Captain Underpants movie because like I, I felt like I should have saw seen that. Like I owed it to like my eight year old self to see that movie, but I was just like when I went to see a Pixar movie, I was like the oldest person that wasn't an apparent in that movie i was just like it was like this feels weird and like when i went to the lego batman movie it also was that situation so it's always weird for me to go to kids movies fair to enough with. yeah like in a theater it's it feels weird so keep that in mind but okay moving on though i really liked okay i'm blanking on his name he plays bojack horseman he plays joe blue will arnett will arnett i loved will arnett yeah. as batman that was like a Perfect, like kind of like just like when they cast Diedrich Bader to be uh, Batman and Bra Batman Brave and the Bold. Like they put someone who had like this kind of deep, raspy voice, but at the same time could like do it in a kind of funny way, the kind of Kevin Conroy deep tenor for Batman. And I, I found myself enjoying it. But okay, here's my kind of snarky thing. But honestly, my truth of the matter is like I'm thinking like this is a good 
movie. I'm liking this a lot. Like, I get, oh, okay, this is this is a comedic Batman. Like, the entire time, this is a comedic Batman. Once I got into that mindset, I was like, okay, I'm totally comfortable with this. Like, we're, this is a cartoon. This is an animated movie, Batman animated movie. This is a Batman cartoon movie. Like, that was like, okay, that's fine. And, like, they actually did have some students here, like, Batman is a lonely dude, as you touched on. I really like that. I really like that there was a heart in this movie. There yeah. was a really good heart in the middle of all these great jokes. My one little snarky thing, though, is like, as I'm watching this, like, why is this Lego, though? <laughs> why? Because, like, except for, like, the very climax of the movie, it's like, why is this Lego? Yeah. Why, why don't you just do an, anim, an animated Batman cartoon movie? Right. And, I mean, like, why is it Lego? That, that, that was actually, I was like, that was, like, took me out of it. Like, I kept on thinking time and time again, I was like, why is this Lego? Why is this Lego? I mean, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly kind of my point, too. It's like, it, it, that, it just was confused. It was confusing. I don't. I think that the, I agree. I don't think that the Lego aspect was necessary. Also, but but I also loved like Zach Galifianakis's Joker. Like that was yeah. also really good. Of like that was a great take on Joker. And that is, I think, actually one of the perfect portrayals of the Joker Batman dynamic. Of like Joker is his worst enemy, and he wants mm -hmm. to be, and like he loves Batman in that hate way. No, I agree. I agree. I I, I thought that part. Though, there was elements that that made sense. But I think that honestly, I think that overall, it would have made a better like, like group of like ten minute shorts or something like that with all these little themes instead of like a like a ninety minute movie. I felt like it was just a little gratuitous. And then again, they disrespected Robin, and that really bothers me. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I think that we are coming in on an hour mark, which means that. We're going to end this episode. Ah. Now, I know, I recognize that we didn't talk too much about the game, but you guys get it. Yeah. You guys get it. Now, James, what do you think about Batman and Injustice 2? It's hard to get Batman wrong. They got him. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, they, he's got so much, there's so much history behind him. There's so much source material. You don't really need to, like, try too hard to, like, personify like a good version of the Dark Knight, and I think that this comes across really well. Um, I also, d I mean, obviously, the, the, having Kevin Conroy as the voice is amazing, and then some of those freaking costumes you can do, man, holy shit. Batman just looks so damn cool all the time. All right, yeah. Anyways, so we're done. This is the end of episode six. We're halfway through the season. Um, we're going to a couple more episodes. I think we're going to come back next week with... Bane. So we're going to be still in this Batman universe, which is great. Uh, James, I know you hate Bane as a character. I really love Bane as a character, so we should have some pretty good debates here. That will uh, be interesting. Uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to Licensing Legends, and have a great day.